0: Okay, good morning, how are you doing? So I'm just going to turn to Acts chapter 1. Just going to read a couple of sections of scripture here. Just starting in verse 7, he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And turn over a few pages or flick ahead in your e-Bible. Acts Acts chapter 4, they've they've been doing it, they've been witnessing and there's been a, a lot of trouble created and they're praying. And verse 29 says, Now Lord, consider their threats. And enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And uh, I've got it here, but I think it's Acts chapter 11. Turn over to Acts chapter 11, verse 19. It says, those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about Jesus Christ. And the Lord's hand was with them. And a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. And i just just skip down a little bit there. And in, in verse 26, it says that the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. So there's a quick few verses through Acts. I've just been reading Acts in the Passion Translation and found it refreshing, encouraging, insightful and I just want to talk to you what, what I think certainly what God's doing with with Teresa and I at the minute and I think it's something that he's doing amongst all of us. So it's, it's part of our journey. You know the Christian life is definitely not you just get a package, you learn a few things and that's it. It's an absolute journey of transformation, of discovery. We, we are in love with an infinite God who's Whose attributes and nature is some someone? He's someone we're forever going to be exploring, but he's also drawing us into a great plan and a purpose. It's it's a relationship with a plan. It's a it's a connection that's going somewhere. He's not just brought us into a love affair that has no outlet. And uh, <clears throat> I think that ju- just as just as we were hearing about love after marriage, there actually, which which I think is an amazing thing. By the way, Teresa and I are signing up for it. We've been married 36 years this year. and Different points in our life. We've made a point of doing marriage strengthening stuff, marriage refresher stuff, reading books, going to things like this. So I would encourage you. If you're married, this is for you. But actually, what came out of our marriage was children. So out of our our love affair for one another, something else starts to happen. And, and, And so... There's a purpose in that love connection and that's the same with us and Heavenly Father. The the goal of our union is fruit. And Jesus talked about that. He talked about abiding in him and and fruit would be born and it would be fruit that would remain. And and, and Acts chapter 1 verse 8 just tells us that the Holy Spirit is going to come on us. And in, in this house we've experienced the Holy Spirit coming on us a lot. And there's more. This is not the end. This is kind of him just getting warmed up. His goal is to give us enough to change a nation. You know that. We're not going to change the nation by our own efforts and strategies, although we will have effort and strategy, but it's actually born out of heaven's provision. It's born out of the activity of the Holy Spirit because it isn't by might or power or our own strength, but by his Spirit. So the strategies and the initiatives and the effort are actually borne along by what he's doing, what he's birthing and what he's downloading and what he's giving to us. So um, we, we, Teresa and I, a few weeks ago, several weeks ago, did a conference in in England at uh, Milton Keynes, and we did it with uh, Alan Scott from uh, Coleraine Vineyard and one of his evangelists. So some of you know about the the vineyard. in It's Causeway Coast Vineyard last year they saw nearly 3000 people come to faith yeah, okay this is this is in the united kingdom in a in a, small town. In a, a pretty small town of 20000 people they now they're dead honest not all of those people were added to their church but many were and some that had an encounter with jesus are still being added Uh, But they're they're not so precious about that. They just want to bring people into a connection and an encounter with Jesus. Jesus. And and, and I think our exposure to them did a few things to us. One, it lifted. They kind of imparted to us just by hanging around with them. So we went out. um, We were sharing this conference. And we went out for dinner between sessions on the Saturday evening and we were chatting with, there was a couple of waiters waiting on our table, and we were chatting with them, and uh, the evangelist guy had sussed out uh, of these two waiters, who was possibly the most open. Anyway, by the end, not even by the end of the meal, by the end of ordering our meal, he had led the waiter to Jesus, and he was now sitting at our table, clearly, you know that that thing sometimes that happens when the Holy Spirit comes on people—they they flush up. It's just you, there's a physical reaction. You know, their the, their cheeks go red and they they just kind of they just look different straight away. And and we were high fiving him and welcoming him into the family. I'm like, I've never had, been at a in a, in a restaurant where the waiter sits down and and all this and 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 it was so easy. And I'm like, wow, this is incredible. This this is for real. These guys are. And, and he was just talking about this, and, 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 and something got on us. We got, we, it was contagious. So we we went back to our hotel, and we asked the, 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 the lady that was waiting on us, was the, was, could we ask her a question? Yeah. Is there anything, is, do you need a miracle? Can we, any miracle you, you need that we could pray for right now? And she said, actually, well, my dad's in hospital today, having a major op on his back, uh, he's living with me. It's really difficult. He can barely walk upstairs, and there's a lot of pain. We're really hoping that, you know, this all works out, and we'd, I'd love you to pray for that. So we prayed for her, and the next day, after this thing that we were doing, we were now in another town in, in Wolverhampton, uh, we went and, and we found her out, and I said, how is it? She said, well, my dad, they let him straight out. He's walking upstairs. He's happy. Thank you so much for praying. And she's beaming. So we're like this is exciting so you know the hand of God the hand of the surgeon healing is all from heaven and, and, and he gets involved in all of it I remember Danny telling us the story of a surgeon who's operating on a brain tumor and this person had it it was very complex it was woven around the brain stem and so they've been praying for this person and as the surgeon opened the person up the tumor unwound itself and popped out into the dish that, that, that's, that's heaven and medicine operating together is it not? <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? So, anyway, her dad's better. She's smiling. So, a little bit late, I go up to her and so, say, Well, is there a miracle? Is there something we could pray for you? And, and she was a little bit embarrassed and she just quietly asked for prayer for, for some uh, kind of mental issues that we, she was having. And she was wide open to Jesus and we we're able to pray with her. Uh, and I'm like, this is incredible. And then the, the owner of the hotel, we says, anything we can pray for you? So overnight she thought about it, and we prayed for her for a trip. She was having a trip to India, yeah. and she was a woman of another faith, but we just kind of honored that she was a woman of faith and prayed for her because yeah. uh, we figured if she found out that Jesus was God and he was good, that she may have a change. Yeah. But you honor people where they are yeah. rather than yeah. you know cursing where they are. Yeah. Uh, so that was fun, and then we were on holiday – you know, God works on holiday. That that's so cool. We we were we were on holiday last week. Well, we saw my parents, and then we had a few days break. And Teresa's like, we haven't taken any risks for a while. <laughs> and uh, we're sitting in this pub. We're sitting in this pub in the sunshine, and uh, and we got the best spot. We got the corner seat, out, a little bit out of the wind, and the sun was coming in. So two two. Uh, I guess retired women came and sat next to Teresa and I went and got some food and I came back and Teresa had all been because Teresa, Teresa, she was chatting to them. Found out one of them had a food allergy so she begins to offer prayer to this lady and then I get a word of knowledge for the other... Just suddenly I think this other lady's got pain in her neck and her shoulders and I say, excuse me, have you got pain in your neck? She says, yeah. Uh, so I pray for her. I, a couple of times we prayed for her. She was wide open. She'd been... It turns out she'd been to church she'd been in a church where she'd felt the presence of God not been there for a while so we were able just to encourage her I, I, I don't know whether she got healed or not but she was amazed even that we were interested and that we were people doing this and we just kind of stepped out and we're like oh this is so fun uh, and just oh people wide open hungry you know really wanting something from God to happen surprised and blessed that God was good, and that he'd send people like us to ask him those questions, so uh, we're then checking out of of our bed and breakfast and uh, on the morning, and I just had these words in my head for the owner that that he actually was a, was a quiet philanthropist, which is a strange thing, but I just felt that this was a kind of word of encouragement or a word of destiny for this guy so i'm I'm paying my bill and, and I just said to it. You know, I, I just get stuff from God to encourage people sometimes. And I just feel he's saying to you that that, that that this is what you're like. This is either something that you are doing or something that you aspire to do. And he's like, well, I really would want to do that. And, and we, we just talked a little bit. And he said, oh, what's that? What can, I can feel, that's amazing. I said, "That I don't, I wasn't touching him. I wasn't praying. He just goes, wow, what, what's that? That feels amazing," he said. That, "That's the presence of God. He's with you all the time. You just don't know it. It's like, oh, this is incredible." And he starts to well up in tears. And it turns out that he's got connection to a local vicar who's been helping them through some stuff. Not particularly a churchgoer, but he has now. He's having an encounter with the goodness of God over over, over his credit card machine, yeah. because I just happened to say, "I think God God has a destiny for your life, and He sees He sees your heart to do." things for the disadvantaged and the poor and your desire to encourage people and he's like, Yeah, I love doing that. I love having people here. I love people coming into my B and B sort of broken and dejected and leaving encouraged and that's just something that's I love doing that and yeah I wanna do you know and it's just amazing. He suddenly knew God knew him. So 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 like and, and then in the last few weeks we've both led people to Jesus. Amazing and then, and then Teresa's like, step, she preached a few weeks ago here, and, and she was stepping out and actually did an appeal and asked for people to put their hands up. And actually, she couldn't see them, but we found out later from whoever was on the, it was you, Andy, wasn't it, on the PA desk, that two people had put their hands up. Yeah. People were just responding to Jesus. I'd led someone to Jesus the week before and then and when we'd done the 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 light and life thing together and that was so encouraging we had people coming back saying I came to the event last year it changed my life I'm now off drink it you know I came to Christ in that event and we had another nine ten people have an encounter with God so actually in a month we must have seen about a dozen people come to faith yeah Uh, and they're not all in this room, but you know what? They will be, they will be, or they may be in some other connection, but when God does something, it's indelible, and I think I personally have got too hung up on, well, how do we follow them up, and how do we get them in church, and actually, let's get them in the kingdom, And, and, and not that we shouldn't have strategies for that, but on top of getting them healed and releasing words of encouragement, let, let's do the next step, which is, well, how about, how about what's, the biggest, what's the biggest miracle God could do for you? Yeah. All right, he's healed your body or he's called out your destiny. But, but there's something more, more massive even than that. Yeah. And, and, and so it's just fun. There's hunger everywhere. Yeah. Not just in church people, in unchurched yeah. people. Yeah. So each time we step out, you're like finding someone who's like wide open. So, huh. The idea of being filled with the Holy Spirit is that we get empowered to, to do this stuff. Yeah. It's not just that we... It is that we have a great time with God and that we enjoy His presence and we get to know Him and we are transformed, but actually we receive power in order to be witnesses to that power. Yeah. Yeah, we, we are the ones... We're the ones who know this stuff. Yeah, we we, we've been given the secret of life. Yeah. It's in this, it's in your life, it's in your heart, it's in this room. And, and I, I just love the word which says you'll receive power. Actually, in different places in the New Testament it's translated you'll receive, you could translate it miracle <clears throat> or miracle power. So the dunamis word is often translated and Jesus when Jesus did miracles and healings, it's dunamis. He did works of power. Yeah. We've we've received miracle power yeah. when the Holy Spirit came on us. Now that doesn't now maybe you didn't receive a miracle, but you just received the ability to do one. And sometimes we get a bit hung up on, well, you know, it hasn't happened for me yet, but maybe it'll happen for you as you start giving it away to other people. Because actually the the verse says that we've received it, not for ourselves primarily, but for other. You receive power in order that you'll be witnesses to that power. You get get to, I mean, I thought it was so cool talking to this guy on holiday because, you know, I wasn't feeling very spiritual. I don't know what your holidays are like, but I was pretty chilled out. I, mean, I was reading my—I read my Bible on holiday. I like reading my Bible on holiday. But I wasn't like feeling spiritual. I was—I I was nervous. Like, I don't want to offend this guy. He's been a great host for the few days we've been here, and I, I was—I was nervous. I was not feeling pumped up or like Superman. You know, wasn't—I didn't have my Superman vest on underneath my shirt. <laughs> Nothing of that was going on. I just thought, you know, I should just—I just should just. Share this, I'm going to step out. And what I found was openness and the presence that I was carrying, he started to receive. Yeah. And I've seen that happen before and it's amazing. And, and, and it's for everybody. Yeah. So you've, you've received miracle power. You've received, in, in fact, another way of translating it would be that the power inherent in God is now in you. The power inherent in God is now in you. Yeah. So true. The power inherent in God is now in you. And, and a part of what this is about is we've talked about identity forever. It feels, yeah. which is a good thing. Yeah. Who we are in Christ and who He is in us has been a big theme that we connect to our true identity yeah. and we break out of smallness and we break out of worm thinking and we break out of we're just sinners saved by grace and we break out of this kind of broken mentality that is everywhere in Christianity and we realize how honored we are, we realize how powerful we are, we realize just as Jan prayed at the end, we've been seated with Christ in heavenly places, we are his sons, we're his daughters, we're loved, we're empowered, we're amazing, he's for us, he's not against us, etc, etc. We're not orphans, we're not slaves, we're sons. Yeah? yeah. Remember those messages. Yeah. They're true. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 one of the tests of it is, okay, if, if I'm so awesome, yeah. what I, I'm, I'm going to walk in it. Yeah. I'm going to walk in it. If I've received yeah. the, the power that's inherent in God is now inherent in me, I'm going to yeah. walk in it. I've got I've to do something with it not just just sit in church and think, "Oh, awesome! I feel so good about myself." Yeah, it's true. It's true. This is for us, but it isn't just for us. And if it just stops with us, it'll get like a muddy pool. You know the whole idea of the, you, you know, we don't we 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 want to be we want to we need an outlet. What flows in has to flow out, otherwise we just get a stagnant pool ultimately. And it doesn't matter how much great stuff keeps pouring in, if it's not finding a way out, somehow it's just going to get a bit sludgy. Yeah, true. That's what happens with ponds. Yes. Isn't it? Yes. We're not ponds for Jesus. Yes. I've never had a pond, and this is one of the reasons, because often if you don't, they take a lot of work, because if you don't refresh the water and do stuff, it's what happens to fish tanks if you don't, yeah. Yeah. doesn't it? It's a fixed body of water. Eventually, it just goes all green. Yeah. Something that's fresh and beautiful becomes a bit stale and sludgy. Yeah. But, but lakes have inputs and outputs. And one of the reasons they, they chose Loch Katrine was it had many inputs to it, and then they took an output so it brings water to the whole of Glasgow. Um, and that, that's, that's the job of the church, is bring a water of life to the whole of the nations. Amen. We have all the input of heaven. Amen. We have a pure source yeah. so that we can have a pure output yeah. to the, the people and the situations around us. Is this, is this good or what? Yeah. <clears throat> in, in the early chapters of Acts, it, it's, really, it's worth reading Acts because what you see is this verse is shared, this, Jesus says this to the, to the apostles, but, and, 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 he, and they then are the ones that are doing the signs and wonders in the first few chapters, it's through the apostles that signs and wonders are done. If you, if you read it, many signs and wonders are done through the hands of the apostles. Yeah. And, and, it, and all the people are having a great time, but you get the feeling that it's a few that are doing the majority or doing all the miraculous stuff, Yeah. And there's mass conversions and incredible things are happening. And then about chapter, well, about chapter six, at chapter 6, the apostles lay hands on what we have popularly become known as the deacons. So, so, so Stephen and um, uh, Philip and, and others get hands laid on them. And then they start doing signs and wonders. So Stephen's doing miraculous signs. Philip does miraculous signs. What's fascinating about why I read about Antioch, is because the, out of persecution, there's a scattering of this multitude. There's probably ten thousand people in the church in Jerusalem, and then then there's an outbreak of persecution, and they're scattered. Many of them back to places they came from, and they and they're now doing, they're now almost forced to do what the few were doing before. Yeah, so they're, they're, it says that as they went, they shared the gospel. They they went and did this stuff. on on the road, as it were. And the ones in Antioch took a risk. Because everybody else was just talking to the Jews, but the guys that went to Antioch weren't ethnic Jews anyway, and they thought, well, if God could come to us, and our bloodline can't be traced back to Abraham, maybe if we talk to a few Greeks, it might work. Which to us sounds like a no-brainer, but to them was a radical move. I mean, Peter had been hauled up before the apostles for talking to Gentiles. He liked to give account for the whole thing that went on because they were they were trapped in this mindset of you know God is just the God of the Jews yeah. uh, and they hadn't understood many of the things that, that Jesus had said to them. So those who were scattered went around and it says that the that these guys started to talk to the Greeks also, telling them the good news about Jesus and the Lord's hand was with them. Now, as you read your Bible, that's code for God was doing powerful stuff. The Lord's hand was with them is not a religious phrase like, God bless you, sister, the, Lord hands is with, the Lord's hand is with you. And you, you, know, you give them a card with the Lord's hand on or something, and <laughs> off they go, and they're feeling encouraged that the Lord's hand is with them. That, 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 that may be true, but actually in the Bible when it says the Lord's, Lord's hand is there, it means that signs and wonders are happening. It's code, it's, it's short form. for Well, these guys, these were the ordinary guys. Yeah? These were, the, these were the ordinary guys. Anybody here an ordinary person? Okay, I have a room full of ordinary people, alright? These were the ordinary people. And they were doing, in their ordinary life, as they were scattered into these new cities, they were doing this, and God was suddenly like, whoo, ha! Yeah. You know what happened with, with Peter and Philip? It's happening with me too! Yeah. I don't know, it would be fun- funny if, if we could have had like a spy camera. Because I don't know how many, it doesn't tell us how many there were to start with, or what. but there was a group of them. And I wonder who was the first one to have a go. He like, do you think we're allowed to do this? Like, Talk to those people. And, you know, when, when Peter and, and John and James and all those guys did it, you know, like the man at the gate beautifully got up and walked. Who's going first then? I'll have a go. Um, Jesus, boom, something happens. This guy gets healed. He's like, Wow. It works, guys, so everybody's, yeah, of course we knew it worked. We're all, we're all totally with you. We're on, we're on next. And then it, it says something absolutely amazing. It says they were first called Christians at Antioch. and that, The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. So here's, here's the progression. So you've got the, the apostles doing signs and wonders. Then you've got a few more that they laid hands on. So the the Stevens and, and the Phillips doing signs and wonders. And then here, suddenly, all the ordinary dudes are discovering that the hand of the Lord's with them too. Like, who this stuff works for everybody, which was always the plan, okay? They're just maybe a bit slow in catching on, which is part part of the joy of reading Acts is lots of stuff that we take for granted. They were like, really? Can we, can we eat pork? It was at that kind of level. and <clears throat> Actually, the phrase where it says they were first called Christians, it could be a, a great translation, a great way of rendering that would be, it was first revealed that they were anointed ones. So to us, Christian has become a name, right? It's like we're, we're Christians. It's, it's, a de, it's, a, it's a way that we're denominated. It's the way we recognize. It's a label. But actually, the Greek word Christ means anointed one. Yeah? And, and actually, you can put this together to say actually, the revelation came to the church in Antioch that everybody was anointed like Jesus. They suddenly saw that it wasn't just the apostles or the ones they'd laid hands on, but actually all the believers get to do the stuff. And, 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 I, and I know we probably all know that, but sometimes there's just a moment where we connect to the reality that it's for us as well. Yeah. That we've received power so that we can be as awesome as all the people that we'd like to be as awesome as. Yeah. In fact, we could be awesomer. Because there's no end to this, there's no special people in that sense of exclusion from our ability to bring the kingdom into the environment we're in and with the people that we meet. And and I I want you to stay this before before you jump off this bus, all right? So far, you've all been really happy with what I've said, but I want you to just stay on the bus and not start thinking now, yeah, but it doesn't work like that for me. Just don't let yourself think that for a bit. Or I could never do it the way you do it, Andy, because I'm not made that way. Just don't let that thought happen in your head. It doesn't tell us how they did it, but they did it. And they did it to such a degree that this, this was infectious. This, this thing got such a momentum going and people are getting saved and this church is growing that they hear about it back in Jerusalem and they send, they send up Barnabas and, 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 and uh, Agabus to check this thing out. Because it, it's on fire and there's no official people there. So the official people send someone official to check out that what the unofficial people are doing is actually official. Because the official bit comes from heaven, not from people. So heaven is a permissional culture. God says, go do it. Yeah, but I need to check it out with my elders. No, he says, go do it. Yeah, but will, it will it be okay? Well, go do it and then we'll find out. That's what they were doing. They went and did it, and it was awesome. And then they sent some people to say, this is awesome. Yeah. Some of us are so like, well, I'm not sure if it will be awesome, so I better wait till someone tells me to do something. Yeah. Yeah. No, you have permission. You've been, you have permission because you've been commissioned. That's why it's called the Great Commission. go into all the world. That equals permission. In fact, it's more than permission, it's commission. It's it's an urgency to go do. Yeah. <clears throat> so somehow or other, these ordinary guys and were stepping out and people were getting healed and people were hearing about Jesus and coming to faith all over this city and it's created this thing called a church that they heard about in Jerusalem and they wanted to come and see what is going on. Isn't that fun? That could happen in someone's office. That could happen in a hospital. That could happen down our street. That could happen... Because you and I have received... miracle power. We've received the power that's inherent in God is inherent in us. Isn't that exciting? Now, there are are times where it feels really scary. So probably the two things that get in the, well, there's probably more than two. I've thought of another one. This is called preparation during the message. There's three things that get in the way. Or maybe there's four, who knows. Of the ones that I can think of right now, there's three. And the first one we've already covered, which is if you don't know who you are. So identity is crucial to this. But knowing who you are is going to produce something. And then the things that get in the way after that, the next two, are disappointments and fear. Yeah? Yeah. So, we tried it once and it didn't work. That's the box disappointment. This is a scary situation, so I'm not going to have a go because, you know, if you're like me, you know I can think of a billion reasons in a nanosecond yeah. as to why this would be inappropriate for this person. Yeah, true. Are, you like, are you like me? So, here I am. I've got this thing going. I mean, I'm 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 getting into anxiety because I've got this thing going around in my head. I've got this word to give him, and, and he's here. I don't really know him that well. I don't know how he's going to react. Yeah. Uh, and I, I you know, I'm thinking. Well, you know, if I get this wrong, I could put him off Jesus. Or, or he may he may be a complete atheist, and, and then I fear the mocking. Yeah. Or or he may put the bill up. Or or he, uh, um, <coughs> you know, if I say it the wrong way, it could put him off. I, I just don't feel I don't feel ready. My my mouth is going dry. Do you, yeah. Any anybody yeah. anybody anybody feel like that ever? Yeah. yeah? But courage is an essential ingredient of, of our life. And courage isn't the absence of fear, it's just, <laughs> just doing it anyway. In fact, we, we, we've talked about this a few times now. In fact, what some of us do and what I've done in, my, in the past is like, well, this is really scary so it can't be for me. I wouldn't be this anxious, I wouldn't be this afraid, I wouldn't be this put off if this opportunity was truly mine. Because I'm feeling so uncomfortable by this opportunity, I'm going to back off because it must be the Lord telling me that this is it's not really me. You know, it doesn't fit me, it's not me, I don't do this kind of thing because I'm not made that way. And he's got, you know, I'm, I'm going I'm to do something easier. that feels easier. But could it be that actually the thing you're most afraid of is the thing you're going to be most fruitful in? Could it be that the enemy is actually the one making you feel afraid, making it look scary, putting his, his loudest barking dogs, his biggest tank in front of the very thing that is your destiny? Because remember, he doesn't have infinite resources. He's not God. Him and God aren't like equal beings, you know, having a wrestle in heaven. God is the supreme being. He could take the devil out with a a flutter of a single eyelash. (laughs) With a sort of a, (coughs) on the side, the devil will be gone. This is not a tussle. The devil has limited resources. So if I was him, where where, where would you... Where would you put your resources to stop you becoming awesome? Where, where would you put the scariest things to stop you causing him the most trouble? Where do you put a scarecrow? You put it in a field, but what's in the field with the scarecrow in? That's where all the seed is. You just sow the seed, so you put the scarecrow in to scare away the crows. If the crows were smart, they'd go to all the fields with the scarecrows in. So here I am, here I am, here I am, I'm in front of this guy at, the ca- at the, uh, his card machine and, I'm, and my mouth is a bit sticky and I'm feeling a bit, but I'm actually stepping into my destiny in this scary moment. And suddenly, what's the devil doing? Here's a guy who's actually hungry and open and the devil's trying to scare me from connecting to someone who's, Actually, ready for a word of life. And I'm afraid that I might offend him. Or he might pull my bill up. Or he might be a, a, an axe wielding atheist or something like that. <laughs> I mean, it is amazing what our imaginations can get up to on this, isn't it? And, and by the time we're done, we have decided that actually it is the wisdom of the Lord to say nothing. You know, I'm actually walking in the wisdom of heaven because, you know, he could have cut off all my limbs if I'd said something. <laughs> and, and, and this just is I'm not designed for this. No, this isn't true. Yeah. It's not true you're not designed for that. That's a lie. Yeah. You are designed to share heaven with people. Yeah. Yeah. You are filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can leak it over people. You are empowered so you can release power. <clears throat> so, the courage thing is something that God's speaking to us about. Yeah, to find our courage, to, to stir up our courage. Yeah. I think if we can find our hope and, and stir up our courage, we're going to see tons and tons of breakthrough all over this room. Because what you lose in disappointment is your hope and what you lose in fear is your courage. But the whole, the whole point of the gospel is that love casts out fear. So Jesus came and he gave himself on a cross because of love. I can guarantee you that none of those nails were comfortable. We can tell from the prayer in the garden that he wasn't feeling like this was a really good day at the office. No, No, I'm really designed for this, God. He knew he was destined for it, but he wasn't feeling comfortable with it. But love took him through for the joy that was before him. And that's, a, that's ramping it right up. Yeah. But for me, guy with a card machine, that's, that's, that takes courage. Because yeah. it's feeling pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. It's not at the level of nails, but it's just uncomfortable. I'm running out of time. Just quickly want to say one thing. <clears throat> The Bible's written in a way that it speeds some things up and slows some things down. So if you read Acts chapter 12, I just want to hit this thing on disappointment. At the beginning of Acts chapter 12, it says that they arrested James and beheaded him. Yeah. It gives one verse that James, beat one of their dear ones, one of the apostles, his arrest and beheading. It gives one verse to, it gives 23 verses to the miraculous release from prison of Peter through angels. So I, I read that and looked, how, how, what do, that, that's, that's heaven's perspective on a loss. It dwells for one verse on an absolute horrendous loss and spends 23 verses dwelling on the incredible breakthrough. And I'm looking at my thought life and I'm thinking, how does it measure with my priority, with the... How much time do I spend on the breakthrough and how much time do I spend on the loss? You might say, well, that's not very pastoral. Well, I'm just saying this is the Holy Spirit-inspired book gives one verse to a guy losing his head and 23 to the guy that got out of prison through. So one made it and one didn't. Where's all the material? It's in the miraculous release. I think it's telling us, let's focus on what God is doing, not on what what he isn't doing. And that will help us out of our disappointment. So let's stand. Ah, So Father, you're good, you're powerful, and you've given us your intrinsic power. Thank you so much. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to empower us again. We invite you to fill us again. We invite you to yeah, just overwhelm our hearts again that we can go and we can leak you more and more. We can give you away more and more. We can be those who dispense heaven on the earth. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Yeah, and this, this week, Father, we just say we're going we're gonna to take courage. We're going to dwell on what you're doing and not on what you're not doing. We're going to find ways of expressing what you've put in us to the people around us. In Jesus' name, amen.